the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Appreciate you being with us on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. It's uh, 1035. I'm going to kind of come back to that Jim Jordan clip in uh, in a little bit because I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I should feel bad or not. I'm still a little bit struggling on it, but I, uh, I'm i kind of thinking not. I just listened back to it, um, uh, and I'll see if you agree with it or not. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that later, but for now... With my sixth baby, we had a missed miscarriage, which is when the baby passes, but you don't have any symptoms of having a miscarriage. Your body hasn't started to reject the pregnancy yet. So I found out about this at a routine appointment. I, you know, I just went in for my checkup, and when they went to check the heartbeat, there was no heartbeat. They did an ultrasound and told me that the baby had passed. Uh, we chose to be induced in the hospital um, with the Cytotec. And I was eventually able to deliver my baby girl, and we got to say goodbye to her. So if the rumors were true, if they had been true, then I would have been in the most dangerous place in America because not only was I in a state that had a heartbeat law, but I was at a Catholic hospital, and Catholic hospitals have never uh, provided elective abortions. It's against their codes of ethics. Um, It's always been that way. And my doctor was also personally pro-life. So... I had the doctor and the hospital and the state all saying that we can't do abortions. So if there was any truth to the rumor that restrictions on abortion impact miscarriage care, it would have been a very dangerous situation for me. My name is Alicia Thompson. I'm a board-certified OBGYN practicing in Westerville, Ohio. With the Dobbs decision in 2022 that overturned the uh, legal precedent of Roe versus Wade, it turned the issue of abortion rights to individual states. Ohio had a trigger law in place, so within a few days, it was no longer allowed to have an abortion in the state of Ohio once a fetal heartbeat had been detected. There was concern about whether or not it would impact miscarriage care, ectopic care, and I can confidently say there are no laws in the United States that have ever interfered with miscarriage care and ectopic care for women. Physicians have always been free to intervene on that behalf of saving the life of their patient. And whether or not that they're pregnant does not prevent us from saving that woman's life, whether it be in a miscarriage man- management or in the case of ectopic pregnancy. So when it actually rubber hit the road, it did not change my day-to-day practice. Defeating the most radical and extreme uh, abortion on demand up until birth, constitutional amendment slash law in the entire country means debunking the lies of the left. And that is what Dr. Alicia Thompson is doing. That's what she did in that video with one of her patients, Laura. And uh, Dr. Thompson joins us now. Just, um, well, obviously less than 24 hours. You can start voting tomorrow morning at, what, 6.30, 7 o'clock. Dr. Thompson joins us now to give us the most up-to-date information that you need before you go tomorrow and cast a vote on this very, very important matter. Dr. Thompson, thank you for the time. How are you this morning? 
Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to speak with you today. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I have heard so much misinformation and disinformation. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm almost to the point of, 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 of just slumping over and saying I quit because they are just beating us over the head with misinformation. They're telling us that you and other OBGYNs and doctors will not give care to a woman who is suffering an ectopic pregnancy or suffering, carrying perhaps a, a, a fetus that is not going to live or a baby is, is the reality of it, uh, and that there's no miscarriage care that can be provided under the quote-unquote heartbeat law. I was so glad to hear people like you uh, telling the truth about what the, the law allows and what care can be provided. Can you give us more information? Yes, I have been uh, gratefully practicing um, obstetrics and gynecology in Ohio for 17 years. And in the entire time I've been in this state, there have never been any laws that prevent me from helping women experiencing miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, or in life-threatening emergencies. And in fact, there are actually specific laws, you know, the Ohio Revised Code, Section 2919, specifically differentiates between miscarriages and abortion, defines abortion very clearly, and even in cases where um, you could have exceptions where, you know, you can intervene and provide an abortion in life-threatening emergencies, then it includes in one of their exceptions inevitable miscarriages, which means that it doesn't even necessitate that the baby has already passed away, but in- inevitably will result in a miscarriage. So there's been legal protections in our state since I've been practicing, and those laws are not at risk in any way, nor have they ever been. I think of this as a linguistic sleight of hand where they are intentionally trying to get people to like pay attention to things that are absolute non-issues in order to usher in something that is far more radical than we even saw under Roe versus Wade. It is far more radical. I'm glad to hear you say that too, Dr. Thompson, because this is one of the other things, and I've been engaging in some pretty spirited battles with these people that I just call demonic ghouls because of what they are doing and what they are uh, greenlighting and supporting. Um, specifically, let's talk a little bit more about that, about the, the difference between what this constitutional amendment would look like compared to Roe. Many of them are online saying, all this is, does is restore Roe. It just restores Roe. It does not do that. And in fact, it's so much more graphic and so much worse than what Roe was. I almost wonder if we would have been better off just letting Roe stand because each individual state is going to make up their mind and some of them are going to make up their minds in, in horrific ways. Can you, can you detail for those who don't know what Roe did versus what this particular amendment would do if passed? Yes. So there's actually Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, and Doe Doe versus Bolton. And these are the three major Supreme Court cases that not only um, gave the right to an abortion, but also restricted it to a certain degree. So really, there's something called the Planned Parenthood versus Casey standard. And under that standard, it said states had a right to limit abortion so long as it didn't create an undue burden. And under Roe versus Wade, you know, which is just a year and a half ago, under the undue burden standard, there is a hugely vast difference in the landscape of abortion across the United States. You know, you could have abortion on demand for any reason in Colorado. You still can. You can have abortion on demand for any reason, still can, in Washington, D.C. But other states had more limitations. And so it was a lot of variation on what a state determined was an undue burden. And under Roe versus Wade, Ohio, which is still the case today, allows an abortion for any reason up until 22 weeks, which is around the time of viability. So when babies can live outside the room, outside of the womb, excuse me. So a woman today can have an abortion in our state for any reason up to 22 weeks. After 22 weeks, it is required that this must be a life-threatening emergency for the woman, and two physicians must agree. 
what this new amendment is saying is that it will basically be for any reason. Now, they're going to argue that, and they'll say, no, 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 it's up to the physician to determine that that's necessary viability and whether it's necessary for the woman's health. Well, all you need to do is look at Colorado. The uh, notorious abortionist Warren Hearn still lives and practices in the state of Colorado, and in his judgment, he determines that every pregnancy is a health problem and, ev- and the viability of a baby is not determined by the gestational age, but on the woman's willingness to carry the baby. He is on the record saying this. So he will do an abortion for any reason, pretty much up to the point of birth, 33, 34 weeks. That is a bridge too far. You know, we should be able to have people that say, no, 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 that is too much. And you should require somebody other than the financially interested party to say this is necessary. And that's what has been happening in our state. And all of this could be struck down by this amendment. We are talking with Dr. Alicia Thompson. She's a board-certified OBGYN practicing in Westerville, which is near Columbus, and she is fighting very, very hard to debunk some of the lies of the left when it comes to this issue and what uh, this Issue 1 amendment would look like and what it would allow. Um, I I posted yesterday some of the testimony from, I think it was around 2019, from a a former doctor, uh, abortion doctor, who had done some 1,200 procedures, Dr. Uh, Anthony Levitino. He testified before Congress, and, and and. and he described what an abortion at a uh, 20 to 22 week pregnancy looks like. And he was very graphic. Now, there was actually a, an animated uh, video that he has put out, too, to show exactly what goes on. The left says that he's making it up, that it isn't as barbaric as that. He talks about the instruments that are used. He talks about the suction and how the baby at that size, around seven inches from head to rump, doesn't fit in a suction tube, so therefore they have to reach in and tear it apart, quite literally dismembering a baby uh, while it is in the comfort and, and protective womb, or it's supposed to be anyway, of the mother. Uh, Dr. Thompson, um, do we need people to see the barbaric nature of what these abortions look like, particularly when we get into second and third trimester abortions? Uh, will, will that even shock the conscience, or do you think that this is a lost cause for those who believe that the mother's bodily autonomy must be respected above all else? Uh, Well, a couple things. Absolutely, yes. I do think that seeing what is happening will help to empower people to speak out that this is absolutely unacceptable, barbaric, and violent. I would go so far as to say that I can base that information on the fact that even abortion providers, you know, these are the most pro-choice people you can get because when the rubber hits the road, they are um, actually performing abortions themselves. And when you look and, at and, ca- and cashing the checks, by the way, we need to point out the, the for-profit, uh, you know, motive that they have here. I'm sorry. Please continue. You're, no, you're fine. But when you look at the numbers of abortion providers in the United States, you know, I, one of the things that really just kind of chaps my hide a bit is that this idea that, you know, abortion is necessary for the autonomy and empowerment of women. But when you look at it, the women's health experts, the OBGYNs, a minority of them offer abortion at any gestational age. So 86 percent of us in my specialty, do not perform abortions or offer abortions at all, ever, any gestational age. So we're looking at 14% of my uh, my specialty will offer abortion. When you look at that 14%, 89% of them will not do it beyond 24 weeks. And you have to ask yourself, well, why is that? Well, and I would argue it's violent. It is barbaric. You truly do do is actually what Dr. Levitino says. You dilate the cervix, and you dismember the babies, and the baby, the head cannot come out, so they have to crush the baby's head, and then in order to determine whether or not 
uh, the baby has been completely removed. They reassemble the parts in a tray. And that is gruesome. I, I think the average human being can't bring themselves to do that. And even abortion providers stop. And I, um, there's a great article by a Dr. Lisa Harris, who happens to be an abortion provider in the state of Michigan, and she talks about the visceral differences and how disturbing it can be for people to see it, even among pro- abortion providers. So I do think seeing it will help scale it back. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that, too. And, and to, to underscore the part about the need to get all of the fetal material, which means all of the baby body parts, out, Um this is a real question about the quote-unquote health of the mother. They're always talking about the health of the mother, the, mother, the pro-abortion side, the pro-death side. They have to reassemble, as you just described, on the tray each of the parts because if there's anything left that they didn't get out, that they didn't as they scrape the uterine wall, which, of course, is very, very dangerous as well. It's dangerous for the uterus. To, it could do damage to the cervix as well. As they scrape it, if they miss anything, infections and death can result for the mother. And and a lot of people don't talk about that, about the number of women who suffer serious, serious side effects and serious uh, health complications because of the abortions they receive because they weren't thorough enough, because something was missed, those kinds of things. Correct. And there's also a huge problem in our state that, that, in terms of what is at risk here with this amendment. Abortions beyond 20 weeks should be occurring or, um, in the hospitals. That's what is the law. They should be occurring in the hospital. When you go to these abortion clinics in, again, Washington, D.C., or you're going to Colorado, these are multi-day procedures, oftentimes three or four days. Again, Warren Hearn, the Colorado abortionist, he listed as a four-day procedure. If something like this were to happen to one of my patients, we would do this in the hospital. Sick women go to hospitals. They don't go to abortion clinics, and they are monitored and evaluated for what is a risky procedure. I mean, we don't even generally in this country do a good job supporting home birth. Um, and that is a generally a single day where a multi-day procedure, these women are going into clinics and being sent to hotel rooms where no one is monitoring them, nobody's paying attention to them, and they can deliver babies in toilets. You know, their family members or they may be alone, may not even know when to come in or get help. And sadly, so often these patients are never seen when they expect experience complications by the doctors who are doing this to them. They are going back out of state, or in our case, when I was practicing in Dayton, Ohio, the abortion provider in Dayton, Ohio, Dr. Martin Haskell, he doesn't have a hospital privileges. You know, if you had complications, we took care of them. He didn't see them. He didn't come in and take care of them. They just kind of get dumped in the ER. And that's just not what good health care looks like. You know, if there's a complication, doctors experience them, you take care of your patient rather than just, you know, dropping them off or telling them to go someplace else because you cannot do it yourself or are unwilling to do it yourself. We are talking with Dr. Alicia Thompson, an OBGYN working in Westerville. I'm glad you brought up Dr. Haskell. Let's talk about partial birth abortion for a second, because this has been a source of some controversy and some debate and dispute as to whether or not that would be allowed if issue one passes. Uh, Some have said, Dr. Thompson, that there is a federal ban on partial birth abortion. So even if issue one passes, um, the federal ban would take precedence here and nobody could be able. And for those who don't know partial birth, let's just call it what it is it's 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 barbaric and it's graphic and it's delivering a baby basically feet first all the way uh, out of the mother except for the head which remains inside then they reach inside they puncture a hole in the back of the skull to collapse it suck out the brains and then they can uh, uh then they can abort the rest of the body or remove the rest or excuse me remove the head and have it join the rest of the body 
um, that this barbaric practice is is outlawed at the federal level will supersede anything that happens here in this constitutional amendment. Can you confirm or deny or dispute or explain that? Well, um, yeah, so I don't have as much information on this. I will say that it was an issue that, you know, under certain, as we know, administration changes, um, these bans are at risk. So under the Obama administration, there was concern that w- whether or not this would be overturned. But when we are, if that is struck down, which is a possibility, um, that those could re- um, resume in our state. And in fact, the state of Michigan passed a similar um, similar legislation as to issue one about a year ago, and already this is something that's being brought up in the state of Michigan. Will this come back on the books? And the reason why this is a risk is because it's viewed as a burden to say that women have to go through a multi-day procedure where the baby is, you know, again ripped apart. Maybe it would be easier just to re- you know reach up inside, grab the feet, pull them out, and you know, as you said, sadly, you know, put a you know, open up with Smith and bomb scissors a hole and suck their brains out and then deliver this baby uh, more quickly. You know, maybe that is viewed as a burden. And we honestly, it's kind of the Wild West that we're going to be entering into because we don't know what will happen to our state laws. We don't know how that would um, occur in Ohio or whether or not it, whether or not it would occur. And Martin Haskell is the man who wrote the paper for the National Abortion Federation's meeting, I think in Texas in September, I think, of 1992. And he described this procedure. He performed it himself. And he is the abortion provider in the city of Dayton. So I have – and he invested $100,000 into this campaign on the yes side. So he has financial incentive and, of course, is hopeful, I'm sure, that this would be – um, available in our state. And the idea that this wouldn't be happening or isn't a goal, explicit goal, is absurd. Of course, people that, when that has always been an issue, the pro-abortion side says this is, you know, shouldn't be banned at all. So why that would be a bridge too far for them, I don't know, when dismemberment abortion is not a bridge too far. Yeah. And for those who don't know, the reason I brought this up when she mentioned Dr. Thompson mentioned Dr. Martin Haskell, he is the uh, doctor in Dayton, the abortionist in Dayton, who is widely credited with, if not inventing, at least popularizing the partial birth abortion procedure we just described. And by the way, Dr. Thompson, I actually got this message yesterday. And I did see something in the headlines, but I didn't read very closely about it last week, that Michigan, you just referenced this, did remove the partial birth abortion ban last week that this actually was done in the Michigan legislature. So what you just described as being, uh, you know, something we should be cognizant of, and if not fearful of here, it did just happen in Michigan. So if this radical ban, uh, or excuse me, this radical uh, 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 abortion on demand until the moment of birth at any, for any reason, at any, at any stage of the gestation, all the way up to the moment of birth and potentially partial birth abortion, this would be allowed here if a federal ban is ever, restri- uh, is ever lifted. We will be in a position to be exactly where Michigan is right now. Yes, and one of the pieces of misinformation that I just really want to correct, and it just, it's tiresome for me, is that this idea that, you know, this is the trope, you know, you should leave this between a woman and her physician because when these later abortions are occurring, these are just tragedies where babies are sick and moms are in like death's door. This is not true. The average woman undergoing an abortion has basically no relationship whatsoever with the physician. And in fact, they're trying to overturn in certain states where a woman would basically walk in and get an abortion right that minute and have no interaction with that physician outside of seeing them and saying, give me this procedure. And also this idea that 
these later abortions are done in tragic circumstances. Of course, any late abortion is a tragic circumstance, but the data from Guttmacher, the data out of the UCSF Bixby Center, which is a very pro-abortion center, goes on the record. They, you know, Their data shows these later abortions are done in healthy moms and healthy babies for the same reasons that are occurring in the first trimester, usually socioeconomic, relational mm-hmm. issues. And if you want to go down the rabbit hole of bodily autonomy and say, okay, listen, women have a right to evacuate their uteruses if they don't want a person living in there. There, you still could not justify doing this at 33 weeks. If you want to separate a mother from her baby and say, okay, yes, autonomy, evict them, that does not necessitate that the other party, that baby, must be dead in the outcome. I think that is a bridge too far, and I think the average Ohioan, and I would go so far as to say the average human being, would say, yes, if you can separate these two people, why does that one have to be killed? And that's the actual goal of the abortion is not ending a pregnancy, as they like to euphemistically say, but ending a pregnancy in a manner that guarantees that that baby is dead. And that's truly the goal of those procedures. Wow. I'm so glad that you did that. That is exactly what we need to hear and people need to know. People need to be able to share that information with the others who are arguing on behalf of of issue one in support of it because they do. They tell that lie again and again. I can see why it dispirits you and frustrates you. I have one last question for you. This one also frustrates me. Um, As it pertains to Ohio's heartbeat law, they're calling this the most restrictive law in America, the most restrictive ban on abortion. We have to pass issue one to lift that terrible ban. First of all, it's not in in effect right now anyway. It's in a court uh, you know, it's a court decision that's waiting to happen, whether or not it can actually stand or not. But even so, they're saying that the six-week ban, as they are calling it, that's not a heartbeat that you hear anyway. Uh, I have heard some medical professionals describe it as being a flutter, a tube that flutters. It's maybe the beginning cells that will eventually become a heart, but it's not a heart at six weeks. With your expertise in this field, can you tell us when a baby's heart actually begins to beat? Yes, that is the heart beating. They may say that it doesn't have the completed structure of a heart, but this is semantics. That would be the same thing as saying that I'm not listening to your voice over the phone, but I'm listening to some electrical impulse. Yeah, but I'm listening to you. So I just think that this is like linguistic manipulation to try to get people to honestly dehumanize the human being that's being killed. That's exactly right. That's why they continue to use the word fetus, and they refuse to even look up the uh, origin of the word fetus, which is Latin for offspring, which means your child. It is your offspring, for crying out loud. But you're right, fetus, and that's not actually a heartbeat. It's just uh, some some fluttering going on there that eventually will be a heart, but not yet. They try to gaslight people so that they can indeed try to uh, dehumanize and, uh, and and make the uh, the, the baby an unperson, not not worthy. It's not of its own ending. Right a, life. It's not ending the life. It's ending a pregnancy. Bingo. There you go. Dr. Alicia Thompson, this is some of the best, most clear uh, uh, language and expression and information that I've heard from anybody, medical or otherwise, uh, with respect to these issues. Thank you so much for coming on. And please keep shouting it between now and the time the polls close tomorrow. It's so crucial. I know you know that. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Dr. Alicia Thompson, she's brilliant. Wow. That was one of the most articulate explanations of the facts of issue one that I have heard yet. And I've been talking to people for months about this on the radio and off. She was phenomenal. I wish I'd have uh, met her sooner so we could have put her on about 10 times from the time uh, uh, from last August. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.